Today is May 22nd. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer, and I am elated and delighted to have you here with me on this wonderful quest for wisdom and truth and inspiration for living. Y'all, I am so grateful for this opportunity to just share the Word of God with you and to discover its relevance and resonance and power for our lives right alongside you. Now, yesterday's reading included the scene where Mary anoints Jesus' feet with expensive perfume, and then Judas acts like he is all upset and outraged because the perfume was used on Jesus as opposed to being sold and the money given to the poor. But Jesus, of course, isn't the least bit fooled by Judas' his fake outrage, and instead, he regards Mary's gesture as a beautiful act of love, devotion, and worship, and he praises and defends her for it. Now, we know that this act also foreshadows his death and burial, a mantle that he willingly accepts for our sake. One thing to note, when we encounter the crucifixion narrative here in the Gospel of John, this will be the last time that we cover it as we go through our journey here through the Bible in a year. So let's maybe just sit with it a little longer, meditate on it, maybe journal about it. Just We always want to keep that story really, really close to our hearts so that we never forget and that we never take it for granted, okay? Now, yesterday, we talked about our journey through the Bible being likened to tending a garden. And I think that that's a very useful way to approach this discipline of reading, studying, and meditating on the scriptures. But I also want to offer you an alternative that came to me. You know, and I've said this before as well. We can think of our journey through the Bible as an elaborate tapestry, each thread representing a verse, a lesson, or a moment of inspiration. And as we weave our way through testaments old and new, let's appreciate the intricate patterns that emerge, revealing both the divine designer and his design for our lives. With each stitch, we come closer to becoming the best versions of ourselves. So let's thread our needles, as it were, with expectation and pray that God would steady our hands, knowing that every moment spent in his word is an investment in our present and future. And we are interlacing our stories, our personal stories, with this sacred one. Let's begin our work today with that thought in mind. We are starting a new book, which was, in the original Hebrew Bible, a part of the one we concluded yesterday. That is to say, First and Second Samuel were just one book, but they were divided into two parts by the translators of the Septuagint. The Septuagint is the pre-Christian Greek translation of the Old Testament. Let's flow right in. Second Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 2, verse 11. New International Reader's Version. David hears that Saul has died. After Saul died, David returned to Ziklag. He had won the battle over the Amalekites. He stayed in Ziklag for two days. On the third day, a man arrived from Saul's camp. His clothes were torn. He had dust on his head. When he came to David, he fell to the ground to show him respect. Where have you come from? David asked him. He answered, I've escaped from Israel's camp. What happened? David asked. Tell me. He said, Israel's men ran away from the battle. Many of them were killed. 
Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. David spoke to the young man who brought him the report. He asked him, how do you know that Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? I just happened to be there on Mount Gilboa, the young man said. Saul was there too. He was leaning on his spear. The enemy chariots and chariot drivers had almost caught up with him. Then he turned around and saw me. He called out to me. I said, what do you want me to do? He asked me, who are you? An Amalekite, I answered. Then he said to me, stand here by me and kill me. I'm close to death, but I'm still alive. So I stood beside him and killed him. I did it because I knew that after he had lost the battle, he would be killed anyway. So I took the crown that was on his head. I also took his armband. I brought them here to you. You are my master. Then David tore his clothes. All his men tore their clothes. All of them were filled with sadness. They mourned over the whole nation of Israel. They didn't eat anything until evening. That's because Saul and Jonathan and the Lord's army had been killed by swords. David spoke to the young man who had brought him the report. He asked, where are you from? I'm the son of an outsider, an Amalekite, he answered. David asked him, why weren't you afraid to lift your hand to kill the Lord's anointed king? Then David called for one of his men. He said, go, strike him down. So he struck the man down and the man died. That's because David had said to him, anything that happens to you will be your own fault. What your own mouth has spoken is a witness against you. You said, I killed the Lord's anointed king. David's song of sadness about Saul and Jonathan. David sang a song of sadness about Saul and his son, Jonathan. He ordered that it be taught to the people of Judah. It is a song that is played on a stringed instrument. It is written down in the book of Jashar. David sang, Israel, a gazelle lies dead on your hills. Your mighty men have fallen. Don't announce it in Gath. Don't tell it in the streets of Ashkelon. If you do, the daughters of the Philistines will be glad. The daughters of men who haven't been circumcised will be joyful. Mountains of Gilboa, may no dew or rain fall on you. May no showers fall on your hillside fields. The shield of the mighty king wasn't respected there. The shield of Saul lies there. It isn't rubbed with oil anymore. The bow of Jonathan didn't turn back. The sword of Saul didn't return without being satisfied. They spilled the blood of their enemies. They killed mighty men. When they lived, Saul and Jonathan were loved and respected. When they died, they were not parted. They were faster than eagles. They were stronger than lions. Daughters of Israel mourn over Saul. He dressed you in the finest clothes. He decorated your clothes with ornaments of gold. Your mighty men have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies dead on your hills. My brother, Jonathan, I'm filled with sadness because of you. You were very special to me. Your love for me was wonderful. It was more wonderful than the love of women. Israel's mighty men have fallen. Their weapons of war are broken. David is anointed to be king over Judah. After Saul and Jonathan died, David asked the Lord for advice. Should I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, go up. David asked, where should I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives. 
Their names were Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail from Carmel. Abigail was Nabal's widow. David also took his own men and their families with him. They made their homes in Hebron and its towns. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron. There they anointed David to be king over the people of Judah. David was told that the men from Jabesh-Gilead had buried Saul's body, so he sent messengers to them to speak for him. The messenger said, You were kind to bury the body of your master Saul. May the Lord bless you for that, and may he now be kind and faithful to you. David will treat you well for being kind to Saul's body. Now then, be strong and brave. Your master Saul is dead. And the people of Judah have anointed David to be king over them. The armies of David and Saul fight each other. Abner, the son of Ner, was commander of Saul's army. Abner had brought Saul's son Ishbosheth to Mahanaim. There Abner made Ishbosheth king over Gilead, Ashuri, and Jezreel. He also made him king over Ephraim, Benjamin, and other areas of Israel. Ishbosheth was 40 years old when he became king over Israel. He ruled for two years, but the people of Judah remained faithful to David. David was king in Hebron over the people of Judah for seven and a half years. John chapter 12 verses 20 through 50. Jesus tells about his coming death. There were some Greeks among the people who went up to worship during the feast. They came to ask Philip for a favor. Philip was from Bethsaida in Galilee. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip told Jesus. Jesus replied, The time has come for the Son of Man to receive glory. What I'm about to tell you is true. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only one seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, but anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it and have eternal life. Anyone who serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. My soul is troubled. What should I say? Father, keep me from having to go through with this? No, this is the very reason I have come to this point in my life. Father, bring glory to your name. Then a voice came from heaven. It said, I have brought glory to my name. I will bring glory to it again. The crowd there heard the voice. Some said it was thunder. Others said an angel had spoken to Jesus. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now it is time for the world to be judged. Now the prince of this world will be thrown out, and I am going to be lifted up from the earth. When I am, I will bring all people to myself. He said this to show them how he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. The law tells us that the Messiah will remain forever, they said. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light. Do this before darkness catches up with you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. While you have the light, believe in it. Then you can become children of light. When Jesus had finished speaking, he left and hid from them. Some Jews believe and some don't. 
Jesus had performed so many signs in front of them, but they still would not believe in him. This happened as Isaiah the prophet had said it would. He had said, Lord, who has believed what we've been saying? Who has seen the Lord's saving power? For this reason, they could not believe. As Isaiah says in another place, the Lord has blinded their eyes. He has closed their minds. So they can't see with their eyes. They can't understand with their minds. They can't turn to the Lord. If they could, he would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw Jesus's glory and spoke about him. At the same time that Jesus did those signs, many of the Jewish leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly admit they believed. They were afraid that they would be thrown out of the synagogue. They loved praise from people more than praise from God. Then Jesus cried out, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only. They also believe in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me sees the one who sent me. I have come into the world to be its light, so no one who believes in me will stay in darkness. I don't judge a person who hears my words but does not obey them. I didn't come to judge the world. I came to save the world. But there is a judge for anyone who does not accept me and my words. These words I have spoken will judge them on the last day. I did not speak on my own. The Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have said. I know that his command leads to eternal life, so everything I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Psalm 118 verses 19 through 29. Open for me the gates where the godly can go in. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. Only those who do what is right can go through it. Lord, I will give thanks to you because you answered me. You have saved me. The stone the builders didn't accept has become the most important stone of all. The Lord has done it. It is wonderful in our eyes. The Lord has done it on this day. Let us be joyful today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. From the temple of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God. He has been good to us. Take branches in your hands. Join in the march on the day of the feast. March up to the corners of the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will honor you. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good. His faithful love continues forever. Proverbs chapter 15 verses 27 and 28. Those who always want more bring ruin to their households, but a person who refuses to be paid to lie will live. The hearts of those who do right think about how they will answer, but the mouths of those who do wrong pour out evil. Now, why did that man lie about killing Saul? Did he think that he was going to curry favor with David if he told him that he had killed Saul? Saul killed himself. I don't know. Why did he say that? Okay, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We 
praise you that it reveals your truth and your grace to us. Lord, we praise you for this privilege of access to this treasure trove of impartation and inspiration and revelation that will ultimately lead to our transformation. Lord, we are so grateful to be able to discover the riches of your wisdom and the depths of your love. Lord, we come to you today with humble hearts and earnest requests. Lord, we just ask you to bless us with victory over the situations that are challenging us right now, Lord. Whether they are trials or temptations, doubts or fears, conflicts or crises, Lord, help us to overcome them by your mighty power and your faithful promises. Lord, we ask that you would just inspire us with authenticity in our words and actions. Lord, help us to speak truth to power and truth and love and live according to your principles and your purpose and plan. Lord, help us to be genuine and transparent, not hypocritical or deceptive in our relationships with you and with those around us. Lord, we ask that you would just equip us with overcoming the obstacles that serve to block us, whether they are internal or external, personal or social, spiritual or physical. Lord, help us to persevere and prevail by your grace and your guidance. Lord, we ask that you would just cleanse us with purity of heart and intention in all that we do. Lord, we want to honor you with our thoughts and with our motives, and we want to glorify you with our deeds and with our choices. Lord, help us to be holy and blameless before you. Lord, we don't want to be sinful or corrupt. We know that it is in our nature to sin, but we also know that through the transforming power of your word, we can become more like you every single day in our character and in our conduct. Lord, we ask that you would just continue continue to work on us, work with us, and work through us to becoming the best that we can be for your glory, that we may grow in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Lord, help us to be faithful and fruitful, not stagnant or barren in our service and our mission. Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness that covers all of our sins and restores us into right relationship with you. Lord, we thank you for your grace that empowers us to forgive ourselves and others for the mistakes and wrongs that we have done or the ones that we've suffered. Lord, we ask that you would just heal our wounds and free us from any guilt or shame or resentment or bitterness. Lord, we ask that you would just help us to set healthy boundaries in our lives, that we show respect for ourselves and we show respect for others, that we protect ourselves and protect those who we are responsible for. And Lord, that we would honor you in all of our interactions and exchanges. Lord, help us to be wise and discerning not naive or reckless in our choices and commitments. Lord, help us to be loving and kind, not harsh or judgmental. Help us to be empathetic and compassionate in our words and in our actions. Lord, we just ask all of these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. And our affirmation for today, I am strong, smart, and successful with skills, strategies, and solutions. I am strong, smart, and successful with skills, strategies, and solutions. And our aphorism. Now, this one really hit home with me today. This one, this one really convicted me because I am a person who prides myself on having endurance. Listen to this one, y'all. Endurance is frequently a form of indecision. Ouch. 
That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this extraordinary odyssey with me. May the infinite love of the Father embrace you, the enduring strength of the Son sustain you, and the boundless wisdom of the Spirit enlighten you. You belong here, and we belong together on this journey. I love you, and if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.